welcome to a brand new episode of your favorite Let's Talk Decor podcast. I'm your host, Rachna Nakra, and I'm most excited about this episode. Firstly, because the person I'm talking to is always so generous with her knowledge of all things interior design. And secondly, because I'm asking her about the best ways to decorate a rental home. Sara Sham, our guest today, is the principal designer at Isa G's Atelier. If you follow her on Instagram, you get an honest glimpse into her inspiring life as a designer, entrepreneur, and mom of a two-year-old. We first interviewed Sara four years ago when she had moved into her new home with her husband. A rental apartment in South Mumbai, she converted it from a rundown place not lived in for 25 years into a beautiful apartment full of natural light. And that too, on a budget. She moved home once again after her daughter was born and went through the same process. We appreciate her first-hand experience and asked her about everything, from how much can one spend on doing up the bathroom to the kind of places one should avoid renting in the first place. Listen in because she also has some extremely useful tips on storage solutions for a toddler's room. Sarah, the first time we met and I interviewed you was when you just finished designing your uh, own home. And it was, I remember, a rental apartment in South Mumbai. And it was this beautiful space that, uh, you know, we really enjoyed writing about and covering. And you gave us some really useful tips on how to decorate a rental house. And I remember the that piece of content did so well for us. It gave us an idea of what our community is really looking for. And it's, uh, that was pre-pandemic, of course. And now things have changed a lot and people have through the work from home situation discovered new ways of living, which includes moving to different cities and uh, renting new homes and working from there. So I thought it would be a good time to, you know, reach out and reach out to you and do the same, have have that conversation again. Uh, so we can give our audiences a better perspective on what it takes to do up a rental home as your dream home. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think the pandemic has been a very special time, um, special sometimes in a positive and other times in a negative manner. But um, I think for us as homemakers and um, as people that design spaces day in and day out, we saw a vast shift in attitudes throughout the pandemic. Uh, people who earlier were okay in smaller, cozier spaces have now moved into much bigger spaces or just packed up and moved to a different city. Like you, Rachna, you just decided that uh, you wanted to suddenly live in Goa, which sounds amazing. Um, so absolutely. And I, I think that maybe rental homes have always had a bad reputation because um, you usually think of it as some place that you're only going to be for one year or two years. And then you just want to kind of get out of there and do something super basic um, for those years. But I think the pandemic has really shown us that you have to slow down and enjoy every moment of your time, even if it is a rental for one year or two years. It is worth it putting in the effort and the energy into making that space feel like home so that when you come back to your space, you feel relaxed and rejuvenated and you're not just like 
complaining about the lock that doesn't work and the fan that makes noise and the AC that is dripping water, but you've actually invested your energies into it. And I think there's a lot of good things for rental homes where you can really invest good money and then just move it to the next rental home. It's not necessary that you have to do major civil changes or do things that you can't pick up and take along with you. Um, that that will be immovable and essentially the landlord or landlady will benefit from it versus you. Yes, and that's what we want to get into with you in detail. Before we do that, can you tell us what is the main difference, uh, maybe in mindset or even in a very practical aspect when you're decorating your own home as opposed to a rental home? Um, I think the major um, point comes in kitchens and bathrooms because um, that is a place where a lot of civil work needs to happen. So those are things that are you know, just very fundamental to a house, uh, having a really nice bathroom. Now, if it's a rental house, um, maybe I could spend one lakh in redoing a bathroom. But if it's a primary home, maybe I'm okay to spend 10 lakhs doing a primary bathroom, you know, because I can enjoy that for the next 10 years every year and I can really have a, a great time in that space. Similarly, for kitchens, um, I don't think that if it was a rental house, apart from fixing up the cabinetry, maybe changing a polish or a color on it, that I would put in the money to invest in an entirely new kitchen setup, which is something that I really can't take along with me. So those kitchens and bathrooms is the place where we find most rental homes are lacking and most people don't want to put in the efforts into doing it. And I think it's very understandable. I, I'm living in a rental home as well myself. And uh, we've done minimum changes to make the bathroom more livable and minimum changes to make the kitchen more functional. But we've invested a lot more of our energies into the other things and the loose items, which, of course, I'm sure we'll get into. Yes. And also, um, since you, since we last spoke, you've moved to another home and that is also a rental. Of course, this time you needed a bigger home because of your new baby. Uh, so we get into that as well. But before that, before that, can you, uh, can I ask you something really basic, uh, you know, uh, just to understand also what does a complete interior design involve? You know, because um, I'm asking because a lot of people who are moving uh, into a new space and thinking of decorating it, they start immediately looking at the big pieces of furniture that they need to buy. Uh, the sofa, the dining table, the wall unit and things like that and maybe spend most of their resources on that. But uh, what are the other co components of interiors? Uh, maybe, you know, lighting and, you know, plants or anything that you can think of that can actually make a big difference but at a smaller cost? Um, that's a great point. Um, I think when someone moves into a space, the first thing they think of like is the bed, the sofa, um, you know, those kind of really big items that visually take up a lot of space. But the experience of a good house is in dim lighting or a light that's not directly hitting your eye um, or in a shower fitting that has amazing shower pressure. So when you have a bath in the morning, it's just a pleasure or, you know, it's really nice hot water, not like this tepid water, which is like a huge pet peeve for me. Um, so I think there's a lot of these smaller details. So when you think of interior design, uh, most people think of interior decoration and decoration is the second part. Design is when you look at it as a holistic picture and you look at every nail, every screw, um, every little fitting that goes into it. The heights of the switchboard, the kind of switches that you're using, any kind of automation that goes into your house. So in terms of other things apart from furniture that you can do, I would definitely say lighting is a very big component. Um, I think the simplest thing is you can literally just 
even if you don't build out a false ceiling, there are so many surface mounted lights that are available. There are not these hideous panel lights or bulbs, exposed bulbs. So just, and each light is like 800 rupees, 600 rupees. So it's not like you're spending some breaking the bank and changing four or five lights in your living room area. But it makes visually a huge difference to have yellow lighting somewhere between 2700 to 3000 Kelvin um, and change all the bulbs in your house. I promise you, you'll end up spending maybe 5000 or 10,000 at the max. But this will make a huge difference to the overall feeling of your house. Remove all the tube lights, remove all of those very stark white lighting and those very harsh lights. And, and automatically your space will be, you know, encased in this warm, soft glow that makes you, give, gives you that homely feeling. Um, I have done a masterclass on social swag on lots of these smaller points. If you guys have some time, please do check it out. Yes, sounds good. We'll add a link to that, uh, to this. Um, okay, so, uh, okay, now that you have chosen the house that you want to move into, um, what, just as an initial step, what are the things that you can think of changing and uh, the parts that you should leave as it is because, yes, it is a rental home, it is a temporary home and you are most likely on a budget. Okay, so when you're looking at homes, when you want to rent a home and you're out there in the market and you're looking, the first thing that you should look at is doors and windows. You'll never change the doors and windows. So if you have very bad quality doors and windows, that's a very big line item. At least that should be in basic good condition. You know, maybe a coat of polish or a little bit fixing here and there. But if you start going into a place that has very bad doors and windows, that's a no-go. Like just run away. Even if the house is beautiful, you'll spend lakhs in just doors and windows. Not worth it. Um, and then after doors and windows, I would say kitchen and bathrooms. Um, kitchen... Somewhere, most kitchens are in workable condition. So you can always fix and repair. And in the worst case scenario, you know, change a few of the shutters and bring in some of your own appliances and whatnot. Um, and with bathrooms, there's a very easy solution and hack um, where you can stick new tiles on top of the old tiles and just remove the front part of the, of the fitting. So this is what I did in my current rental. The fittings were all like, 20 years old okay now no one wants to have a bath in a bathroom with 20 year old fittings like that tap wasn't even turning okay it was like so rusted and old and I'm very particular about this bathroom topic and I'm very particular in general because day in and day out all I'm doing is you know looking at beautiful homes or creating fancy spaces so for me a bathroom in that condition is just a no-go so we literally just stuck tile on top of tile. The back plumbing fitting where the water comes, the concealed part remains the same. We just bought new front parts. So the water flows through the back portion. You just screw on new front fittings into the entire thing. And just trust me, in maybe, you know, 30,000 to 50,000 rupees per bathroom, you've got an all new bathroom. So I was very clever with this house of mine. We got an amazing deal. We got a steal because the house was not in like, you know, quote-unquote good condition because the bathrooms were not good and the kitchen was not good. Doors and windows were amazing. Flooring was good. Um, Sarah, that was the deal for your last house also. I know. I got, yeah, so, so that's, that was exactly <laughs> it. Like, I think I have, I have. Oh, I'm just jealous of the advantages of being an interior very designer. Big. But you know what? Like all my, my, both my landladies, my current one and my last one as well, are just so happy by the time we're done with this space because we have taken it from like Bhut Bangla into like, uh, you know, um, beautiful homes worthy. Um, so we've really like, we really transformed the space and 
we are not breaking the bank on it and it makes sense because i've saved so much in rent instead of paying 40% extra every month as a premium for these furnished houses and trust me these furnished houses the furniture is shit it's really bad it's horrible quality so you're better off taking an unfurnished space putting in a little bit of money taking a slightly longer lease maybe you know 3 to 5 years on your lease and then all the money starts really making sense you end up saving a lot every month in what you would have otherwise paid yeah that sounds fair and and also the tip that you gave about the bathroom sounds excellent so i'm not i'm not going to veer from that topic uh, yet i want some more tips about how also in indian homes usually bathrooms are the most neglected part of the house even if it's a, if it's your own house so what else can people do to you know even in in just in terms of decoration and other other things that to make their bathroom look better yeah so um i think for bathrooms um i put in really nice like geysers and pressure pumps um it's like that very functional thing but again in most spaces you have very basic setup for both things a pressure pump is a game changer because having that you know it's like a hotel room bath where you have that hard pressure on you when you switch on the shower it really bliss. it's bliss and like you 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 just want you just have the best time when when you're showering uh, that's why i feel like i've spoken about showering a lot in this podcast <laughs> apologies to anyone who's well, listening we know where you de-stress well, yeah well at least on the plus well, side i, I usually well, smell the, good the <laughs> Yeah. No for me as well the comfort of a home actually sometimes boils down to the shower and a and a hotel like bed. So yes, a hotel like shower and a hotel like yes, bed. Yes. Totally. We get to the bed yeah, as well. I was just going to say we should get to the bed. Um and then for bathrooms I think the other thing that's a really easy quick tip is change the mirror. Um usually there's some very ugly, you know, spoiled, broken, tiny horrible mirror uh mirrors again not an expensive item you can buy literally only mirror and put it up and um make get one that's like end to end so your bathroom looks a lot bigger add in a plant or two always add in some candles they also help give a nice smell to the bathroom or remove any smells from the bathroom um and that helps accessorize a bathroom a lot I actually have art in all my bathrooms I've hung it up uh that also is a great pointer literally just prints from whenever you're traveling somewhere something very inexpensive but just adds a bit of that character and one thing about bathrooms in a rental is that the landlord or landlady themselves are not ever in their lifetimes going to hire an interior designer to do a rental home because they're like you know it doesn't make sense to pay for that service so bathrooms is something that becomes a scary topic even for a landlord or landlady so that's why most homes that you see that are rentals will have very poor bathrooms so that work is something that you have to mentally prepare yourself that you have to be willing to do and and account for it when you're when you're looking at your rental let's think let's talk about furniture um what is your opinion on renting furniture and if you are planning on buying furniture which are the pieces that you should buy and which are the pieces you should rent um i don't believe in renting furniture i think furniture is something that's an investment um i don't think that you should be having furniture that's so transitional unless you're living in a space for 2 months or 3 months or 4 months um honestly my sofas are from ikea um i've used them for the better part of a year i have no problems with them at all i find them to be perfectly comfortable and fine there's nothing wrong with them i think i paid 30000 rupees for each sofa or something like that 
and I'm happy. I mean, there are pictures of my house and videos of my house all over my Instagram. Uh, you can see that the house does not look cheap and tacky at all. So I don't think that renting furniture really makes too much sense. And you should not think of your furniture as something that's only there for one year or two years or three years. You should very much look at it as a long-term investment that you can move from house to house. So buy pieces that are more modular in the sense so don't buy like a big six-seater, five-seater, huge sofa that only works for that specific space. Buy a three-seater so that tomorrow, if you don't live in a house that has this setup but a slightly different setup, you can always cut and paste and move things around so that it fits perfectly into your new space as well without much problem. What about storage? How do you add to the storage in your rental house, whether it's in the kitchen, in the bedroom or, you know, anywhere else? Um, I think, first of all, underbed storage is a must. So whatever beds that you are buying, please make sure that there's storage underneath them because that's a great place for not only extra bedding, but also your winter clothes and things that you do not wear very regularly. Um, and then I would think that, you know, a lot of the lofted areas or uh, places that are like hidden under counters, I would build the shelves and I would make it functional because I would like my things to be neatly organized. But um, I do think investing in a couple of cupboards that you can move around is always a good option because a lot of rentals, again, don't come with proper storage and proper cupboard setups and proper cupboard systems. Um, there's also a lot of multifunctional furniture that's available. So, for example, in my daughter's room, I have a sofa that also doubles up as a bed and that also has a big deep drawer at the bottom where all her, you know, the clothes that are too big for her or too small for her are all stored. So look for solutions that are storage solutions within a usable piece of furniture. That's always very helpful. Um, and what about, um, so one of the things that you usually get in the deal when you're renting a house is your landlord will paint it for you, right? Um, is there anything else you can add to that? Maybe uh, try a different, try different paint colors or just anything else that you can add to the walls? Uh, to make a big difference? Yeah, absolutely. So like for historically with all of my rentals, uh, I always go in at the painting stage and I tell them that I will supervise and tell them what colors I want where because the paint will still be 45 or 50 or 55 rupees a square foot irrespective of the color that you use. Um, so I think the one thing that you should stay away from is that that dabba wala white, that white that you get in the dabba that just stay away from that white. It makes your... What do you mean dabba? Meaning there's one standard white that goes on ceilings and walls. And it's it just comes ready in the dabba. And when you say, Mujhe white paint karana hai, that is the color that's used. Okay, It's like this very hospital white that just blindly gets put on to all walls. So we never, ever, ever, ever use that in our spaces because again, like, I don't want to live in a hospital. I want to live in a home. So we always paint the walls like an ivory, an off-white, something that's not that stark white. Automatically, your space looks much better. So um, from Asian paints, there's a paint shade called Morning Glory. That's like our standard color that we use, either eggshell or Morning Glory. You can look it up uh, uh, in the Asian paints catalog. And uh, we use that just blindly and we actually do it on the wall and the ceiling. So a lot of times that ceiling is whiter white and then the wall is less white. But that also doesn't give that high-end feeling. So before that coat of paint is done, and also many times like we've done an accent wall in a gray or like a mushroomy color, we've sampled some paints with the painter on site um, because the paint is being paid for both ways. The landlord or landlady is not going to care what color you put because anyway, it'll get repainted once you're gone. 
and of course there's art um what is how how do you i mean uh maybe if you don't want to drill your walls and uh, you, you know maybe, maybe your landlord is not going to be happy with that so how do you sort of uh, handle a situation like that if you want to hang art uh i would fight with my landlord i have too much art in my house to not be able to drill the walls but there are channels available that you can mount onto your ceilings and then hang um you know transparent wire from it to hang your art so that is very much available as an option to you um if you want to it's like a gallery style of of hanging paintings and then also if you have some more oversized art you can mount it on the floor or use a shelf to just rest the artwork along a wall those are all good options of of putting art up but for me i think i don't know i have 40 30 40 50 paintings something like that in my house like i have a lot of art i don't think i would survive without hanging it on the walls Oh no, sorry. Yeah, I have like seventy paintings at home, something like that. Wow. Okay. <laughs> um. So, uh, but what are your favorite uh, sources of you know acquiring art? Which by which I mean something uh, that's not expensive as you know acquiring some originals, just say prints and uh, local Indian artists. Any suggestions? Uh, I think I love traveling and picking up just things from traveling. Um, even just a poster somewhere, a coaster. um hanging something that's not traditionally looked at as art um a napkin that you pick up from somewhere a scarf that's got a really nice design so lots of found objects a rug yeah a rug um there are lots of things that probably exist in your wardrobe even a cushion cover a really nice embroidered cushion cover if you sandwich it between glass and frame it it just becomes artwork it becomes like a tapestry you know quote unquote so um it, it, there are lots of options of in found objects and then my other favorite is literally just um going online and finding free images that are downloadable um that are full resolution uh printing them with a really good printer and framing it i think in under 2000 rupees i have artwork that's ready to be hung and there's also so many websites right now for affordable art that are available in india it's crazy it's amazing how many websites are there so you can always just order online for under 5000 rupees as well Yeah, all you need is a deep dive into Instagram. Yes, exactly. So let's talk about like the smaller things, like accessories, soft furnishings, or even plants, and how we can use that to, uh, you know, say, say for example, somebody's moving to Dharmshala or to Goa for like to work from home for like six months, you know, and you just want to use these things to do up your house and add a personality to it. How would you do that? um i think for me uh the draperies the tapestries the fabrics is where i spend a lot of money because that's something that you actually touch and feel on an everyday basis so whether it's your bedding or your cushions or a throw that's there on your sofa everyone that comes through your space experiences that so that's luxury that you can actually touch and feel so i don't do anything budgety in those areas I buy things that feel really good against my skin has something embroidered and those are also not big ticket items right it's not like how expensive can a cushion cover be like most expensive one will be 4000 rupees you know so it doesn't it doesn't it's not something that necessarily breaks the bank um but it helps add so much character to a space and um it, that kind of embroidery really nice and For me, I think my most favorite topic is bedding. Um, when we're talking about fabrics, um, and like we were talking about the hotel style bedding, a uh, bedding is something that is so important. And I think in India we have this same system where we have this printed 
cotton chadar that's like flung on top of things in every direction and this bedding thing is a, a topic that a lot of people just forget about they paint the walls they buy beautiful furniture and then they'll put really tacky bedding and i just don't understand why because if you look at a bedroom uh, 70% of it is taken up visually by the surface of your bed and you spend 80% of your time in the room lying on the bed or sleeping in the bed so that bed is so important the bedding is so important um the bed sheets the duvet cover the duvet the quality of the mattress all of that is something that i would spend there's no limit for me on what i would spend on that because oh my god yes yes, yes. You, you you said the word bedding many times now and <laughs> <laughs> yeah because you know so basically my my interest includes sleeping and showering uh, from which is the conclusion <laughs> of this uh, podcast guys ex- yes we have got to know you very well now <laughs> but but listen tell me i have this vision of this really beautiful lush bed okay in front of me now tell me how to achieve that so actually like on top of your uh, mattress you have to put a whole bunch of mattress protectors and mattress fluffers because the mattress will whether first of all a soft mattress is bad for your back okay so if you have a mattress that's slightly harder but you still want that plush feeling um even on amazon there are like these mattress just foams that come like it's just straps onto your mattress and then and that gives your mattress that pillowy cottony soft feeling without being bad for your back that's it now we have to see yes that's it yes so so sometimes <laughs> when we go into display showrooms where you see like that really sinken bed they put more than four or five of those on top of an existing mattress to give it that really cushioned feeling um so so that's that's kind of the trick of uh, but don't don't do that in your house and we don't sleep on that every night okay so we have like a really soft lush bed now how to make it really fluffy visibly as well Um uh, I think um on top of your so uh, uh I'm a big fan of white for bedding bed sheets bed covers I have a dog a cat a child and a husband and me all of us uh, tend to be in the bed at some point during the day um at night and um I have only white sheets because they're the easiest to maintain uh, people have the opposite thought because it's white but I can just bleach it and wash it uh, at any point so everything of mine is all white and then um, I actually have a really plush cottony bed cover like a quilted bed cover so through the day i'm not touching any of my white sheets so when my dog is sitting on my bed or my cat is sitting on my bed or my daughter is playing on the bed those sheets are completely protected so when my bed cover comes off i'm sleeping on fresh white shiny untouched fluffy sheets um and it's beautiful i mean i just love it it's it's fabulous and on top of the bed cover i also have like a little throw blanket that's kept to the end so that if i'm just laying on bed and watching tv i could just like you know uh, use that and then when i only when i go to sleep at night does the duvet come out um okay so moving on to the question i've been waiting to get to is about your own home right like so first of all you moved into it during the pandemic and then you moved into it while you were you you were still pregnant when you were doing all of the planning and moving right? yes so that was for the first house in the second house i just had the baby um and so i think by that point we had already understood um how much rubbish stuff kids accumulate uh, i mean we accumulate on behalf of the kids and how many oddly shaped items there are because uh, if i looked at something that was that tiny it would be very hard to wrap my head around why they require so much stuff yet somehow it is just coming out of my ears um so when i shifted houses i actually realized i had just one entire cupboard like a two shuttered cupboard 
full of gifts that I wanted to re-gift that I was gifted for my daughter that I was never going to use. Um, so that's how much waste happens with children. Like it's just, it's very hard to understand and process. So I think the planning of this whole new house was based around uh, me having had this child and needing a whole bunch more space for her. That is so interesting because the focus of how you're planning your house just completely changes, right? With a little child. Yeah, it completely shifted. And I think like even when I'm looking at spaces now, I look at it from a very different lens. So there are lots of oddly shaped items like this pram and some cycle and then some scooter bike and like all of these things. And there's no cupboard that can ever fit any of that. And not everyone has a balcony area or somewhere where they can or like a storage room where they can keep all of this and I certainly didn't in my old house Rachna you've been there and you've seen it um so what ended up happening is that over time my living room just became this like uh, showroom of oddly shaped items and I just hated when guests came over they saw like this living room cluttered with all of this stuff I had nowhere else to put it um, and so that's the big incentive for me getting this new house because I was like, I just can't look at this anymore. I can't be in my living room with this bright red plastic bicycle just sitting on my head, staring at me the whole day. So now we have a little walk-in wardrobe area, for lack of a better word, in my daughter's room where all these items are just stored away from sight and, and that's made my life so much easier and my brain feels more rested and, and complete knowing that I don't have to look at that every day. Quick. Three tips that if your home is a rental home and you're moving in with a child, how do you um, work for work towards getting storage sorted out for that? So look for always a storage space, okay? Um, like a room or somewhere where you can keep all of that stuff, even a duct area that you can maybe store all of your stuff in because of the oddly shaped items. She really doesn't have much like clothes and shoes and whatnot. It's just these big items that take up a lot of space. The second is that I do use a lot of bins for all of her toys um, so that I can just dump everything out from the bin. She plays with the toys and we're done. We just do one big swoop, collect it and put it back. It's not practical to think three times a day you can organize something for toys. So it's best just to have like a dumping bin. Um, and then the, the final would be to have bookshelves at a height accessible to the child. So my daughter is obsessed with all of her books and reading, as I'm sure most kids are. Um, and so we have a bookshelf that comes all the way to the floor. And so all of her favorite books are on the bottom three shelves. So she can always access. What happens is that bookshelves are usually kept at a higher level. You know, desk height and above is all a human, like a grown-up adult's eye level is where you put bookshelves. But it's nice to have something through the floor that your child can access so that she can or he can play independently. We have, in fact, done a full series about your yes. transition from the from into this home. So I'll add the links to all of these resources uh, under the podcast. Yes. So that series was amazing because um, we took a guest room in my previous house and we converted it into a nursery through the pandemic. And it was amazing and terrifying and fascinating. And I had so much fun making that series. Uh, we had a blast. Okay, so I think um, uh, one of the things I want to talk to you about was your latest project, which you actually did uh, a rental home for actor Ishan Khattar. Um, so uh, can you take us through some of the, uh, you know, uh, highlights of doing a home for a, a young um, a young working professional living uh, alone in uh, in an apartment in Mumbai what went behind that and of course since it is a rental what were the things that you could do and what were the things that you had to hold back on um yeah so I think a lot of the things that we spoke about today were very much applied to Ishan's house 
Uh, first of all, it was so much fun working on the project because he has an amazing energy. But he was also very clear in what he wanted. Um, so given his lifestyle, we made the space based on that. Um, he has three spaces apart from the hall. One becomes his master suite. Um, one became just a theater room. Um, so really big TV, uh, lounging sofa, lots of space for all of his awards. And he has a crazy DVD and book collection, um, which was massive. So, you know, just a lot of bookshelf space for that. And then the third is like his gym room um, where he can work out and he can also get ready whenever required, which stores a lot of his stuff. Um, and then we have the living room and the kitchen. So what we did is we actually redid the flooring in the entire house uh, by just snapping on wood flooring onto the existing space. And we also redid all the bathrooms in the house by doing exactly the same um, thing that I told you where we didn't break the bathrooms and redo it. Uh, we only did that for one of the bathrooms. So we redid it entirely. The other two bathrooms, we just stuck tile on top of tile. Um, it, it was more to save time than anything because we were on a really tight timeline. Um, we turned around the whole project, like went from zero to 100 in um, under two months. So um, thank you so much for doing this with us. I love our conversations with you because they're always so useful and so packed full of easy tips and ideas that everybody can apply. Thank you, Rachna. Thank you so much. Bye, everyone. Thank you, Sarah. Bye. As Indians, most of us hope to one day buy our own dream home. A rental space only feels like a stopgap solution to our bigger life goals. But life is what happens today, isn't it? So we hope you will be able to use these ideas to create a dream home for yourself wherever you move in next. Because you deserve to live life beautifully every day. Have a wonderful week. You just listened to the Let's Talk Decor podcast with your host, Rachna Nakra. Follow our podcast on Apple, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to your podcasts. Let's Talk Decor is an initiative from beautifulhomes.com, which is India's largest decor and design platform and is a part of Asian Paints. Beautiful Home Services brings customized interior design to everyone, allowing clients to create their dream homes with expert designers with the end-to-end -end management guarantee that's part of Asian Paints. If you'd like to know more about Beautiful Home Service and everything else under the decor category in Asian Paints, then do log on to beautifulhomes.com. This episode of Let's Talk Decor is produced by Nikhil Dintakurti, and sound design partner Smart Voice Studio.